How would Deuteronomy 22, 28 through 29, affect the world's social fabric and even your own personal history? If a man find a damsel that is a virgin, which is not betrothed, and lay hold on her and lie with her, and they be found, then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel's father fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife. Because he hath humbled her, he may not put her away all his days. A young man and a young virgin enter into a consensual sexual relationship outside the marriage bed and are found out. The man is required to pay a penalty to the woman's father and to marry the woman. The couple must remain married all the days of their lives. Imagine the global benefits of obeying God's commandments. The near elimination of children born out of wedlock. Major reductions in alcohol and drug addictions in children and teenagers. The school dropout rate, mental illnesses in children and teenagers, suicides by children and teenagers, poverty and more. The censorship of Hollywood, academia and the political arena and the self-respect of shouldering one's personal responsibilities. All of God's commandments have inherited within them a blessing or a curse. It's obvious that the vast majority of the at-age U.S. population has disobeyed Deuteronomy 28, and it certainly doesn't end there. Romans 3.23 tells it as well, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God has made a way of escape from the shame and bondage of sin. It's called grace and forgiveness, and it is only found in His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4, 11 and 12. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Have you been saved from the bondages of your own life and the horrific eternal judgment to come? Are you born again? Will today be the day your new life begins? Salvation is a limited time offer. Choose Christ and live. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God said, Genesis 5, verse 3, And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth. God said, Genesis 2-1-3, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Man said, Who needs the God of the Bible? I have more important things to consider. Now the record. Arguably the world's greatest scientists, the fathers of their fields, were creationists. Robert Boyle, Isaac Newton, Descartes, Kepler, Galileo, Leibniz, Agassiz, Pasteur, Sedgwick, Maxwell, Silliman, Hitchcock, Faraday, Brewster, Jow, Calvin, Dawson. Notables in recent years include Dr. Warner von Braun, Dr. J.J. Devane DeWitt, Sir Fred Hoyle, Dr. Dean H. Kenyon, and more, all of them creationists. Several excerpts from God Said, Man Said foundational to this feature 
and the age of the earth and its universe follow. God said, man said, feature Noah's goats. The age of the earth and its universe is surely known even down to the year, day of the week, and even the time of the day. For example, Genesis tells us the evening and the morning were the first day. God's days begin in the evening. Work began in the evening in the darkness. God's creation process began the first day of the week, which would be Sunday evening, with the evening preceding the day, evening in the morning, or the first day. Many chronological markers are laid out in the scriptures that are used to date the earth. The genealogical record is pivotal. Genesis 5.3, And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness after his image, and called his name Seth. From the birth of Adam on the sixth day, to the birth of his son Seth was 130 years. Tracking the genealogical dates between father and son, we discover that 1,656 years transpired from the day Adam opened his eyes until Noah's flood. Moving forward from Noah, tracking genealogical spans to the years of the kings and other chronological markers, you can date the age of the earth, its universe, and all mankind. Anglican Archbishop James Usher, famous for dating the earth in the scholarly tome he wrote in the 1600s, known as the Annals of the World, used all of the methods noted and more. In Appendix B of the Annals of the World, revised and updated by Larry and Marion Pierce, you'll find the following. In preparing this work, Usher first made the assumption that the Bible was the only reliable source document of chronological information for the time periods covered in the Bible. In fact, before the Persian Empire, very little is known about Greek, Roman, and Egyptian history or the history of other nations. Much rests on speculation and myths. Dates in secular history became more certain with the founding of the media Persian Empire. For events before this time, Usher relied solely on the data from the Bible to erect his historical framework. He chose the death of Nebuchadnezzar as a reliable date to anchor all the earlier biblical dates to. Hence, working backward from that date, he ended up with his date for the creation of October 23, 4004 B.C., end of quote. The date of October 23, 4004 B.C. is according to the Julian calendar. According to the Gregorian calendar, still used today, and according to Usher, the beginning of time is Sunday, September 21, 4004. Now add the years since our Lord Jesus Christ, and you have an earth just over 6,000 years of age. Scientific and academic research continually, and and mostly unwittingly, confirm the Bible's young earth. Settled in your heart, the earth is just over 6,000 years old. Nearly 100 features on God said, man said, certify it. Paleontology, archaeology, ancient history, societal records, genealogical records, geology, molecular biology, and more all say yes. I need the Word of God to be true. My life, even eternal life, depends on it. End of quote. They always end up here no matter how hard they wrangle. God's Word is the foundation source of all that's true. When facts lead and not theory, they always end up here. God said, man said, feature, Satan's champions have gone to the dogs. In the September 2012 issue of Acts and Facts, science writer Brian Thomas wrote concerning the age of man 
and the Earth under the title, A Recent Explosion of Human Diversity. Several paragraphs follow. The research team investigated the amount of diversity among today's human genes and how long it took to reach the current amount of diversity. They concluded that human genes diversified recently. The authors wrote, The maximum likelihood time for accelerated growth was 5,115 years ago. This is a tiny fraction, two-tenths of a percent, of the 2.4 million years of humanity that evolutionists suppose. The explosion of human genetic diversity has occurred in parallel with and because of human population growth. With each new person comes another opportunity for DNA differences to arise, either by design genetic shuffling processes or mutations. For example, if the evolutionary timeline is true, then human population growth and genetic diversity were miraculously unchanged for a few million years before suddenly exploding in just the last few thousand years. End of quote. The headline in the December 29, 2012 issue of Science News reads, Human Diversity is Recent Explosion. The subhead reads, Most genetic variation comes about in the last 5,000 years. The more science looks into the invisible, the more facts shout yes to God's holy Bible. Keep in mind that God is invisible and he created all out of that which is invisible. Now consider the headline from the May 2013 issue of Acts and Facts, Is Mankind Getting Dumber? Several paragraphs written again by science writer Brian Thomas follow. Do today's children have lower IQs than yesterday's? Yes. According to measurements of intellectual and emotional strength gathered from different countries and contexts, the results show the same basic decline and resist the notion that public or other forms of education are to blame. Could the cause instead lie within? Stanford University professor Gerald Crabtree thinks so. He published a pair of essays in the journal Trends of Genetics, citing new discoveries that show why the human intellect is surprisingly fragile. This biblical creation-friendly notion didn't sit well with the authors of a rebuttal paper who countered that the human intellect is robust. What lies at the heart of this disagreement, bad science or bad assumptions? Crabtree identified two fundamental processes as the main culprits. First, human intelligence uses neurons, and these cells can only function properly if their genes stay in top shape. Second, these genes are susceptible to degradation. This loss of organization occurs continually as mutations slowly, irreversibly garble genes, and the resulting errors pile up and are not corrected. Each new generation accrues about 60 new mutations to the gene-coding DNA regions of the human genome. Crabtree applied this rate to calculate that every 20 to 50 generations, we should sustain a mutation in one copy of our many ID genes. As a result, in the past 3,000 years then, each of us should have accumulated, at the very least, 2.5 to 6 mutations in ID genes. Accordingly, the human intellect perhaps reached a peak 2,000 to 6,000 years ago, end of quote. Discover Magazine, in their July-August 2013 issue under the heading Evolution in Overdrive, published the following excerpt. 
Joshua Key of the University of Washington recently explored the average age of our species' genes variants, finding that most are very young. About three-quarters of single nucleotide variants, a mutation that substitutes just one nucleotide, an A, C, T, or G, in the long string of DNA, occurred within the past 5,000 years, surprising considering that our species may be 200,000 years old. End of quote. They always end up here. Again, from God said, man said. No matter where they search, they always end up here. Consider this excerpt from the July 13, 2013 issue of Science News under the heading of Extinct Wolf May Have Begat Dogs. Researchers have long assumed that dogs branched off from a still-living wolf species. Geneticists have combed the world looking for wolf populations that most closely resembled dogs genetically and concluded that dogs originated in the Middle East or Southern Asia, end of quote. As you should suspect, the dog population today came from one male and one female on Noah's Ark, which landed on the mountains of Ararat, which are located in Turkey, a Eurasian country that bridges southeastern Europe and southwestern Asia, end of quotes. When facts lead and not the theories of unbelievers, they always end up here. Very shortly after Noah's flood, which occurred over 4,300 years ago, a literal earth-changing event took place. It happened at the Tower of Babel, which was located in present-day Iraq. The building of the tower displeased God, and there he confounded their languages. Genesis 11, 1 through 9. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. And the Lord came to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Bishop Usher notes the book of Sothis, which dates the event at Babel to 2242 B.C., or 4,259 years ago. At this place, the earth's people were scattered, amassing to their particular language, and went forth to build their unique nations. The headline in the November 25, 2017 issue of Science News reads, Big Moves. Excerpts follow. Consider how they always end up here. Nomadic herders living on Western Asia's hilly grasslands made a couple of big moves east and west around 5,000 years ago. These were not typical back-and-forth treks from one seasonal grazing spot to another. These people blazed new trails. 
The earth's entire population is populated by the three sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Japheth is the father of all the Indo-European people. Again from Science News. These journeys by people now known as the Yamnea transform human genes and cultures across a huge swath of Europe and Asia. Yamnea people left their mark from Ireland to China's western border across roughly 4,000 kilometers. Two pioneering studies of ancient DNA published in Nature in 2015 unveiled the Yamnea people's big moves. Getting these results was a pivotal moment for researchers who study the Eurasian Bronze Age, which stretched from around 5,000 to 3,000 years ago. Those two millennia witnessed the rise of metalworking, writing systems, and other signature features of urban civilizations. The ancient historian Josephus reported that Seth, the son of Adam, left a written record. There is no biblical reason to believe that Adam couldn't write, for he was made in the image and likeness of God, surely a genius. But at the Tower of Babel, people whose languages were confounded and then scattered would have found it necessary to create new math and writing systems. Science News continues. Granting special status to ancient uh, pastoralists as, civiliza- as, civil- as civilization builders excuse me, is not a new idea. In the 1950s and 1960s, prominent archaeologists argued that horse-riding pastoralists uh, launched a series of migrations out of their homeland, uh, the Pontic Caspian Steppe, a region north of the Black Sea from roughly 6,000 to 3,000 years ago. Those archaeologists saw these pastoralists as fierce nomadic warriors who spread the lifestyle, beliefs, and language of what is known as Corgan culture to farmers and foragers in Europe and parts of Asia. Corgan groups, which included the Yamnea, were known for burying their people in graves covered by dirt mounds. These groups had no writing system, but spoke on an early version of modern Indo-European languages, some archaeologists have argued. Indo-European languages today include English, Spanish, Russian, Bengali, among more than 400 others. Eski Willerslebs, an evolutionary geneticist at the University of Copenhagen, and David Reiches, a Harvard Medical School geneticist, their ancient DNA investigations conducted independently in collaboration with different sets of archaeologists reached the same conclusion. Yamnea people reshaped Central and Northern Europeans' DNA within a couple of a hundred years after starting the journey west as early as 5,100 years ago. That came as a surprise to both research groups. The smoking gun DNA extracted from a total of 195 skeletons of Bronze Age Northern and Central Europeans in the two studies showed that those who lived between 4,900 and 4,400 years ago possessed a remarkably large amount of Yamnea DNA. Yamnea people contributed about 75% of the ancestry of those farmers, the scientists concluded, end of quotes. The facts, not the theory. The facts always end up here. Be of good cheer, O sons and daughters of God. Your childlike faith will never be disappointed. God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God said, Genesis 5-3, And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth. 
God said, Genesis 2, 1 through 3, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, sanctified it, excuse me, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Man said, Who needs the God of the Bible? I have more important things to consider. Now you have the record.